We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Howdy post game coming up. A lot of positives to talk about as far as the Knicks are concerned. Yeah, you're right, Kenny. Bound and astounding. This is switching tonight. Rose even igniting the crowd with his appearance. So the Knicks defeat the Bulls. They did not need overtime tonight. 114 to 91. As Rose celebrates with his teammates. All right, here we are. Um, sorry for the few technical difficulties getting off to a slightly later than usual start uh, with this post game after it's getting crazy. This is getting nuts. What's going on? I don't know. Another win. That is six wins in a row for the New York Knickerbockers. Um, there was a time not long ago when I was asking myself, is this team going to win six more games before the trade deadline? Looking at the schedule, being like, nah, we're not going to beat that team. We're not going to beat that team. Looking at these back-to-back with the Bulls. Uh, you know, Bulls struggling out of the gate. They'll probably start to figure it out and catch us right when they're getting things going. And now here we are. Six straight wins, 16 and 13. Um, I have never seen in three-ish decades of watching basketball, a team completely and totally change its identity overnight. And I feel like I've come on here and said some version of the same thing after each of these recent wins, but I don't know what else I should be on here saying to start off because you could we could talk about individual players. We could talk about individual areas of improvement. We could talk about how they were at the bottom of the stats in this category. And now they're at the top of the stats in the same category over the last, you know, half of the season in the whole thing. It they've just completely reinvented who they are. They've reinvented how they approach the game. They've reinvented how they, um, how they respond to challenges. Um, They've reinvented how they go about, I mean, offensively, they're still, for the most part, the same team, although it certainly looks cleaner. And having Quentin Grimes back, uh, hitting shots, I mean, we'll talk about him tonight, certainly helps. Um, R.J. Barrett getting back to normal certainly helps. Defensively, though, I mean, you want to talk about night and day? It, it doesn't even begin 
it doesn't even begin to talk like to, to, to aptly describe you know how much different it is that we're watching and i know there are, are some fans that are watching this and be like eh, six in a row this team's still not going to do anything i don't know if that's the point you know are the knicks magically a contender no they're not magically a contender are they uh you know suddenly a threat to be a home court team you know in the playoffs listen Let's just get into the playoffs. Let's get into the top six. I know it's feeling great right now. And no, I know it feels like we're never going to lose again. Hey, get into the top six. Um, and then we'll talk like none of the bigger stuff has really changed, but there was a lot of bad shit coming down the pike. And I know there were people rooting for some of that bad shit fans of the team rooting for some of that bad shit. Cause they just want to see changes. And there, some of those people may still be out there and that's, and that's, you know, I'll keep saying it. If that's your viewpoint, that's fair. That's your that's your prerogative as a fan. Um, but like, I don't know. First of all, this is more fun. And second of all, I, I will never not believe that, like, if you're going about things the right way as a franchise, that winning isn't better than losing. I mean, that may sound overly simplistic. And and I added the part about like if you're going about things the right way as a franchise, and what I think is so key about what they're doing right now is who they're doing it with. And it's another night where we're looking at, you know, all of these same young homegrown players, plus Julius Randle, plus Jalen Brunson. And Jalen Brunson's already the, he's the most foundational piece in the franchise. As far as I'm concerned, he, I know he isn't a, a Nick for life. I know he wasn't drafted by the team. He might as well have been um, because that's how meaningful it is to see him doing what he's doing in a Nick uniform. Him and Grimes were my two big ones for tonight. I know Barrett ended up leading them in scoring. I know a few other Knicks had some really nice moments. Grimes and Brunson. Those two, um, I, I think if you're a Knicks fan, you probably are feeling as good about them as anyone on the roster. And we'll talk about everybody else, but um, huge shots from Grimes early, huge shots from Brunson when they were down by seven and, they need, and it felt like they were actually teetering on the edge of like, wait a minute, are the Bulls going to like start to run away with this game? Nope. Brunson, three after three after three, right back with the lead. Um, and then that led to the third quarter where they slowly and methodically just pounded the Bulls into submission, mostly by dominating the glass. Um, again, night and day, one of the worst defensive rebounding teams, if not the worst defensive rebounding team in the NBA through the first month or so of the season. Tonight, the Bulls don't get their first offensive rebounds at the last minute of the third quarter. Meanwhile, the Knicks had 15 offensive rebounds by the end of this one. Night and day. Um, Julius Randle. Like, how you, you didn't, I could, I, during the first month and a half of this season, I could have dedicated every post-game newsletter. I could fit about 10 clips in a, in a given newsletter. That's how much, like, Substack allows me to, to put in. It's how much space it has for it. About 10 clips. I could have filled every postgame newsletter, every one, with clips of nothing but Julius Randle and, in fairness, R.J. Barrett making poor defensive plays over the first month and a half of the season. Now, you watch Julius Randle defensively tonight. He's flying around out there. He's flying around out there when they're up by 25 in the fourth quarter. He's getting passing lanes. He's switching. He's getting um, going steal uh, smartly going for steals at the right times. Um, Barrett's looking better defensively, holding his own against a tough cover in DeMar, DeMar DeRozan tonight. I thought he did a really nice job. Uh, just up and down, up and down, everybody. 
is chipping in. Everybody is playing how they need to play and doing what they need to do for this team to win games. I mean, we're talking about a game in which Julius Randle did not shoot well at all. Emmanuel quickly went one for 12 from the field. Isaiah Harnstein went one for seven from the field. RJ Barrett, I know he finished nine for 20. He was struggling for a large portion of this game and they won this thing going away. It's incredible. Um, I can't wait to get to the super chats. I know there's going to be a lot of exuberance, a lot of opportunity for me to talk about um, a bunch of individual uh, outstanding performances in this game. But before I get to the super chats, I want to take a minute and just say how freaking cool it was to see Derrick Rose get that moment. And look, I who knows what's going to happen with Derrick Rose's career. It's funny. I was looking because he talked before the game about someone asked him if he thought he was a hall of famer. And then I guess he gave like a deep breath. Um, I read, I think it was popper tweeted it out and he didn't really give an answer, you know, and like, it's going to be a really interesting case. I'm going to probably dig into it a little bit more at some point in the next week or two and write about it for the newsletter. But like, you know, he's, He's almost inside the top 250 scorers of all time in the NBA. Um, that's nice. Uh, Goran Dragic actually is like the active player who's like closest to him. It's funny that they played each other tonight. Anyway, um, like I don't whatever. That's that's not the point. I, I bring it up because like, is he going to play anymore after the season? Um, does Derrick Rose want to be? a breaking case of emergency point guard. Does he want to be like a, a, like a version of last year's Taj Gibson for a team or this year's version of Taj Gibson for a team? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the guy was an MVP <laughs> as Bulls fans reminded everybody tonight. Um, so there is a chance this was his last ever appearance on, on a court in a Jersey in Chicago. Which, if that's the case, like to come in and to that round of applause and those those chants, and then to hit his first shot from three, just really cool. He deserves it. Um, he would have been one of the all time greats. Just absolutely would have been one of the all time greats. And um, you know his career went the way it went for reasons outside of his control, and that sucks. Um, but it was cool that he got this moment tonight. And um, I was not a big Derrick Rose fan the first time around when he was in New York. Could not be a bigger fan of any player, um, you know, than I am of his after what he's done and I think what he's meant to this team. So I wanted to finish on that note. And on that note, we get to the rest of our show. But first, a, a reminder from our friends at Wimbet. Download the WinBet app or visit www.winbet.com to start winning. How many times do I have to come in here and say on the post game? I hope you're downloading the WinBet app and I hope you're betting the Knicks money line and to cover. You're going to be happy if you did. I mean, they've I don't know how many straight games they've covered. It's a bunch. Um, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100, download, bet, win. You will win if you bet on the Knicks the way they're playing. On that note, let us go to the Super Chats. I would expect nothing less than our first Super Chat to come from the one and only. From the friendly confines of San Diego, California. Robert Cross. First time, long time, John. 
Celebratory cutlets tonight for six in a row. What kind are you having? Hashtag 53 wins. Um, I don't have any cutlets in the house, unfortunately. That's a bad job by me. I do have some leftover uh, chicken fingers. Those don't really count, although they are from a good place down down the block. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm celebrating with a. I poured myself something from my from my liquor cabinet. I'm not. It's some kind of bourbon. I should know what it is. I don't know what it is. It, it's pretty good. Uh, that'll be my cutlets for tonight. I'll have cutlets though early this week. Hopefully after another win on Sunday. Um, thank you for starting us off, Robert. Drew P. My last super chat was tank, but Rob's right. Hashtag 53 wins. Yeah. I, you know, isn't this more fun? Isn't this more fun? Like I, if they were in a tank, if they were like in the midst of a tank, we didn't have to worry about, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, you know, they're going to lose a bunch of games and that's fine. And, you know, I, I, I guess there would be a certain pleasure in that because with every loss, it's like you get closer, but then at the end of the, at the, the, your, your pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is still a coin flip with a, you know, for getting a top four pick and a 14% chance of a number one pick. Like this is more fun. I think this is more fun if nothing else. Um, and this team is again, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. This team is good. Like they have an identity and the identity is defense, but they score. They score enough and they know how to operate on defense on offense. You know, will they be able to score with the best teams in the league? That's probably not on most nights because they just don't have that kind of three-point shooting, all due respect to Quentin Grimes. Um, and three is more than two, and they just don't have a lot of guys firing away um, with that level of regularity and accuracy, and like that's not how they want to play. Now, can they keep games close because their defense has been so good? Yeah, I think they can. Um, it's just going to be tough because like, there is a difference between being a slightly better than league average offense, which is what they are right now. And being a team that is capable of like catching fire and, you know, putting up the sorts of numbers that I think you need to be. Although, you know, as I say that game changes in the playoffs. So anyway, um, thanks Drew. Drew for you with one more. We should appreciate this team, that fourth quarter defense. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, they gave up four points to the Bulls in the first eight and a half minutes of the fourth quarter. Think about that. This was a game. This was a game after three quarters. Um, the Knicks were up after three by uh, two, so four. They were up by 12 after three quarters. So, like, if you're up by 12 after three quarters and you're the road team, you expect. You know, expect to get a little bit of a run. Nope. No run. Nothing. Put the clamps on. And I know the Bulls are broken and like they're probably going to blow it up. But yeah. Thanks again, Drew. Um, A.E. Kennedy. No negativity tonight. This team is rolling. Three players with 20 points. Almost four. Um, uh, They mentioned on the broadcast last time four guys that had 20 in the same game was 2018. I don't remember that game. It's a bad job by me. I don't remember that game. Um, Jalen Bruns him clutch in the second and Jew actually played good defense celebration. There, not only those threes in the second quarter, there was a moment in the third quarter 
where the Knicks had gone up by 15 or 16 and the Bulls rattled off a 7-0 run and had cut it to either 8 or 7. Um, and Jalen Brunson came down. Yeah, Jalen Brunson had came down and then hit a 3 to get it back to, I think it was 9 or 10. And then the Knicks clean, you know, put it away from there. But like, that was a big three in the moment because the Knicks hadn't scored a field goal in a while. And the Bulls were like, you could tell they were starting to, okay, are we going to maybe make a run? Nope. And that's what Jalen Brunson has done all year. He's hit that big shot so many times this year. Um, and thank goodness for that. Thanks, AE. Anthony Sixto, rough shooting for 30, but I love how we rerouted his energy to the boards and defense. Curry out. Eight game winning streak is not crazy. Hashtag eight would be great. Hashtag Spreewell streak. I like that. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like I jinxed them because I wrote today. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at the final stat line. So I wrote today about Julius Randle's three point shooting and how, you know, does the volume matter more than whether he makes And Obviously, he needs to make a certain amount, but like he's hitting 34 percent from three this year, which is like. You know, it's below league average. It's even below league average for his position for forwards. And it's around, it would be like around the 35th percentile for wings, which is really what he is for this team. Um, but I was like, he's firing away from three and their offense is great when he's on the floor. So I, I, I don't really have an answer to the question, but it was funny because the stat that I found was that the Knicks were seven and zero this season when Julius Randle took nine or more threes. And they were 0-4 when he took exactly eight threes. Well, tonight, he took eight threes. That he made two of them, and they won. So, I don't know. Those stats probably don't mean much. Uh, but, yeah, good game by Randall. Thanks, Anthony. Robert Cross with another one. Is it fair and reasonable to say the Knicks will go on an 8-2 and two run to finish the year? If so, is a 50-win season a given? I mean, we're already getting ahead of ourselves, but what the fuck? Why not? Let's have some fun here. Um, so the games the Knicks have left this year at Indiana on Sunday, Golden State, no Steph Curry on Tuesday, Toronto uh, on do do do. Yeah. Yeah. Toronto, uh, Toronto Wednesday, Chicago again on Friday and then Philly at Dallas at San Antonio at Houston. So those are the games. So you think the Knicks are going to go eight and two during that stretch. I'm guessing Robert thinks the Knicks are going to lose at Dallas. And I don't know what else. I, I don't even know what you, you, you think they're going to win every game. Look, they're playing well enough right now where they could beat any team on any court. That's the reality. Um, they just, I, whatever the record is, it is what I liked about Fred Katz's column today. And he wrote about the Knicks defense is he, you know, he made sure to put in there, like, look, at some point, the Knicks are going to get toasted from three because it's the NBA. Everybody gets toasted from three every now and then. And that's okay though, because they have an identity where I think we're pretty sure that they're going to rebound from that. The difference between now and early in the season is when they were having those games like the Dallas game, um, like, the, you know, the Cavs game, like the Celtics game, like the Thunder game where they were getting toasted. 
it was happening so often where you weren't chalking it up to, oh, it's random luck and this and that. And that's because they just there wasn't that there wasn't that foundation. You just had no confidence that it was going to get better on with any sort of regularity. Now, six in a row. And even before that, they had started to put it back together. I think it really we're going to I think we're going to wind up looking back at the OKC game at home as the turning point. And maybe we're going to wind up looking at that Dallas second half as more like an aberration. I ha- I feel like that's where this is going. And I know, you know, like they didn't play well on defense against Portland. And I know they gave up, a, you know, they kind of let go of the rope against uh, in Phoenix and in Golden State. Those are really those were great offensive teams when they played those games. Um, but I think really the OKC game was the turning point. I do. And the numbers back that up because they have one of the best defenses in the league since that game. And certainly one of the best in the league since the Dallas game. Um, thanks, Robert, as always. Uh, next up, Dan Hidalgo. What's going on, Dan? Appreciate the generous contribution. Last year, I compared Grimes to a young booker. Oh, my goodness. Wednesday, I called him franchise altering. Is it possible? I haven't been effusive enough in my praise. Hashtag Grimes Square. Hashtag Optimus Grimes. Hashtag Quentin Three Pointino. Oh, my God. The last one got me. Last one, Gabby. Quentin three pointino. Um, I look. I, I think Quentin Grimes has a chance to be one of the most important role players in the NBA. And is that putting a ceiling on him that he doesn't deserve? Maybe. Um, we were talking about this on the halftime Zoom. Like he doesn't run like you know he doesn't run pick and rolls. At this level, he ran pick and rolls early on in college. He ran pick. We saw him run pick and rolls in summer league. Like he's not like if the question is like, I was talking to Kevin Danishevsky about this offline. Like, what does he do bad? Well, he doesn't do anything bad. It's just that he doesn't, he doesn't like generate offense. Devin Booker, you know, he's one of the most creative and consistent generators of offense in, in the entire NBA. Um, that said, you know, role players make all-star teams sometimes. You know, it, it happens. Uh, I don't want to put a ceiling on him. If you told me Quentin Grimes is going to average 20 a game someday, maybe sooner than we think, on the right team where he has, where he just gets a ton of shots and he gets a ton of minutes, I wouldn't doubt that. Um, and maybe there is some untapped potential, untapped creation potential as like, a, you know, probably a secondary tertiary initiator. Um, it's just... It's two-way magic. Guy, ta- guy takes nothing off the table. Nothing. And that comes down to he's not Reggie Bullock because you can't just run him off the line because he kills you on drives. Not only with the finishes, which, oh my God, are his finishes astoundingly beautiful, but with the pass, too, on drives. He knows how to pass. He knows when to pass. He knows where to pass. Takes nothing off the table. So, yeah. Good job, Dan. Thanks. Um, next up, Christian Cruz. Once again, Quentin Grimes. I love the I love the Grimes love. Makes me so happy. But I don't, it's t- I, I've, I think I've called him my favorite Nick. I but I I also love Brunson. It's tough. It's close. Thanks, Christian. Janky AF. D Rose's three was the icing on the cake. Go Knicks. Thanks, KFS. Thank you, Janky. Appreciate it, man. Um, 
It's a lot, a lot of icing on that cake right now. A lot of icing. Um, Rowan Beckford Sr. Great win. Can we talk about Julius Randle's defense and rebounding? We absolutely can talk about Julius Randle's defense and rebounding. Um, he got 12 rebounds tonight, two on the offensive glass, 10 on the defensive glass. He is rebounding tenaciously right now. Um, I didn't get a chance to look it up. I don't know if Andrew, if you're watching or listening, uh, if you want to tap into the old KFS stat head account, but the Knicks had 13 steals tonight. When's the last time the Knicks had 13 steals? Randall with three, Brunson with three, Mitch with two, Deuce with two, and then a bunch of guys with one. Um, but Randall, <sighs> I'll say it again. It's the most frustrating player I've ever had to root for. Because this is in there. This is in there. It's always been there. You know, like, is he ever going to be the most aware defender? No, but, but you can mitigate that. And I'll give another shout out to Fred Katz for his article on the Knicks defense today, because he had a great quote in there from Julius Randle, in which he was talking about how that they're switching more now. It plays into his strengths. And he feels more comfortable doing that. And why are they being able to switch more now? Because of the personnel. Because the personnel they have in the game allows them, allows the coaching staff, allows Tibbs to feel more comfortable allowing them to switch. That and the old scheme was probably going to get him fucking fired. Um, so, yeah, it's working. It's playing into Julius' strengths on defense. He seems motivated. Um, certainly seems motivated. Like, all of it's good. I mean, this guy's an all-star that we're watching. It's pretty simple. Kevin, Kevin McEwen, my main man. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Six game win streak. Let's go on the other side. What did cam do to not even get garbage time minutes? We've talked about this before. I'll get back to it. Let me read the rest of the comments. Does that hurt his trade stock? Is he gone? Gone? Not a fan, but him not getting any burn tonight. looked bad. I don't think it looked bad at all. I'm going to push back here a little bit. Um, for one, he is gone, 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 gone. So gone. Like he's, he's never played. And barring a rash of injuries that I actually, I'm not sure I could fathom. Cam is never getting another minute for this team and he's going to be traded. And like, look, I, I know he stood there in front of the microphones and said, you know, oh, it's news to me, you know, requesting a trade. Nobody ever reported that he requested to trade. What's been reported consistently is that he would like to be in a different situation where he could be the sort of player he thinks he is. And the most recent reporting has said him and his representatives are working to find him a new home or his representatives and the team, excuse me, are working to find him a new home. When it's over, it's over. <laughs> you know, uh, him sitting on the bench doesn't hurt his trade stock because his trade stock wasn't that high when he was playing well, when he was playing 35 minutes a night for this team, they tried to move him then and nobody wanted to give them what they wanted. And what do they want? They wanted a first round pick, even a protected. They basically just wanted what they paid for him. And they would have been happy to get that. No one, no one wanted to give them that. Um, so it, it's not like this, it materially hurt his trade stock. And I think that's why they ultimately made the decision that they did. And I just, it was never, Like I'm thinking of like uh what's the relate like a uh, this scientific relationship between like a 
like a this is a bad analogy, but like when like a, a parasite like latches onto a host when there's that like connection, there was never that real connection between like Cam and the team. Yes, he was playing well for a while. Yes, he filled the role for them. Yes, he was hitting some threes, made some big shots, tacked some really he tacked closeouts really nicely. Again, played some nice defense. I never got the feeling like, okay, he had inundated himself to the point where he had made himself part of the core. It was always for me, and I may be in the minority, for me was more like, okay, he's doing enough that we have to see more. 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 And then that led to the Dallas game. Was it a little bit of a quick hook? You could argue it was. Can you argue with the results since that quick hook? No, you cannot. Um, and I don't think whether he plays five minutes of garbage time versus not playing five minutes of garbage time doesn't matter one iota in terms of his trade value. Just like it doesn't matter one iota about for Emmanuel uh, or Emmanuel for Evan Fournier's trade value. Just doesn't matter. Teams know what they are. These guys. Uh, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about WinBet, the official sports book of Nick's Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Want to let you in on a little secret. Just because I live in the Big Apple doesn't mean I don't love following all the different NBA storylines. Can the Warriors win another one? Who's the MVP frontrunner? What's Frank Nilakina up to? 
following these storylines and watching out-of-market games used to be a big pain because they don't always show the games I want in my area. But this season, I discovered an amazing trick that lets me watch every single NBA game live for a fraction of the normal cost. It's called ExpressVPN, and here's how it works. The NBA offers NBA League Pass, which lets you stream games online. But if you live in the U.S. or Canada, it doesn't let you watch all of them. Some games are blacked out. So what do you do? Fire up ExpressVPN and use it to change your location to a different country. Sign up and use NBA League Pass and boom, no blackouts. And depending on the country, NBA League Pass could cost less than 15 bucks for a whole year. ExpressVPN works on your computer, phone, router, and consoles like Fire TV, so you can watch all the games from any device. And even when I'm not watching hoops, I use ExpressVPN all the time for stuff like Netflix or Disney Plus to access thousands of extra shows that are only available on other countries' libraries. Enjoy all 1,230 games of the NBA season in HD with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Don't hesitate. Use this special link today and get three months free at expressvpn.com slash filmschool. Then you can use ExpressVPN to sign up for NBA League Pass at a huge discount. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-VPN.com slash filmschool for three months free. What's up, Knicks fans? With the bustling holiday season just around the corner, it's the perfect time to plan ahead with Factor, a ready-to-eat meal delivery. They shop, prep, cook, and deliver right to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and more than 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. My holidays are jam-packed. Luckily, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals make it easy to fuel up fast when I'm on the go. Plus, I save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Factor now offers 34 meals per week and more than 36 add-on options, such as smoothies, juices, snacks, and so much more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. Also, Factor is cheaper than dining out. Put the money you save towards holiday fun and you time. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful, chef-crafted meals guilt-free. Need a special occasion? meal? Gourmet Plus is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easy. When things get hectic during the holidays, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Even better, Factor's no prep, no mess meals save me so much time on planning and cleanup so I can enjoy the holidays without wasting hours in the kitchen. Not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I get too busy to cook, They also help me stay on top of my goals. With offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, I can stay on track. This is definitely going to come in handy during the holidays. Knicks fans, Factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful, nutritious eats. In addition to -to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during frantic holiday times. Don't hesitate. Head to go.factor75.com slash films school 60 and use promo code film school 60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code film school 60 at go.factor75.com slash film school 60 to get 60% off your first box. Busy. 
Julius Randle helped defense. Even RJ was solid on D. He was. If those two don't shame themselves, how can we lose? P.S. Does the MSG camera guy know something? They kept leaving the camera on Levine for extended time. Yeah, I mean, who's who are our weakest defenders right now? Do they have a real weak defender? I guess you'd say Hardenstein. And that's that's unfortunate because he's not a bad defender. He's a bad defensive rebounder. And he's not Mitch. And because he's not Mitch, he looks worse than he is because he's being compared to one of the five best defensive centers in the league. Um, and maybe that's underselling him. We, we may, I don't know. We, we may have to, we may like, what's the Barkley meme. It, we, we need to have a conversation um, or it's, it's time to start a dialogue or whatever that thing is like Mitch day in and day out game in game out. Um, defensively, he is the, the subtle, he, he's the foundation that props everything up because whatever's going on around the perimeter teams know that dude's back there and that he's corralling pick and rolls. And the only way you could really get him is with a stretch five. And, you know, Vooch got some good looks up tonight, just like he got some good looks up in the last game. Vucevic tonight was one of three from deep, you know, like the Knicks are going to live with if if you're going to beat Mitchell Robinson because you have a stretch five and like that's how you're going to get us. They'll live with that Um, because that's the scheme that they play and they're betting that there's no stretch five out there that could hit threes consistently enough. And like maybe when they play certain stretch fives like the dude down in Washington who's having himself a decent year, although he's not hitting a lot of threes. Um, maybe that's a different story, but like for the most part, when Mitch is playing like this, it's incredible. I like how your question wasn't even about Mitchell Robinson, and I'm like pontificating about Mitchell Robinson just because when I think about their when uh, their defense and all the good things they're doing defensively, I feel like we need to highlight Mitchell Robinson because he really is the backbone for all of it. Um, and I don't want anything to do with Zach Levine, just for the record. All right, next up, Kevin Danishevsky, of course. Of course, of course. What took you so long? What is there to say about Quentin Grimes? Again, no better pick value for value than Quentin Grimes since maybe Wilson Chandler. Uh, RJ's process, much better in the second half. Chandler. Oh, I'm going to look like an idiot here. I want to say Wilson Chandler was the 21st pick in the draft. Um. I'm going to look bad if I'm very far off on that. 23rd pick. Okay, I wasn't that far off. I don't feel that bad. Um, Grimes, 25. Chandler, 23. Let's see what happens. I mean, Chandler was Chandler's a really good player. Um, mostly a really good player for other teams in the NBA. But, like, that dude topped out as a 15-point-per-game, five-rebound, two-assist Never all defense caliber defense, but like good, solid defense. Quentin Grimes is a better defender than Wilson Chandler. He's a better shooter than Wilson Chandler. Different game is played now, but better shooter. Um, doesn't different offensive game. Wilson Chandler was like he he he, he could score in some ways. Um, now I think Quentin Grimes could score in a lot of those same ways. 
Um, we just haven't seen it yet um, in at the pro level, at least. So I have a feeling we may have to go back further for like best vi- best Nick value draft pick um, than, than Chandler. And I wonder how far back we have to go. Thanks, Kev. Um, next up, build through Taj. Great name. Do you think it's possible that these Gordon rumors are being leaked by the Knicks to lower expectations for when they do nothing and keep this exact rotation? Um, no, I think the Gordon thing was old news. And I think Fish, Jake Fisher, who's a fantastic reporter, kind of admitted it was old news because he like if again, go back and read, read that story carefully. He made it pretty clear a couple things. One, the Knicks were very active and trying to get a deal done before the aggregation deadline of December 9th. Um, and that's they were early active on the phones or active early on the phones, I should say. And then he said that he wrote that they tried, you know, they kicked the tires on Gordon, but that it was clear the Rockets wanted a first round pick. The implication being the Knicks were trying to get him for something less than a first round pick. And then the Rockets were like, well, no, we want a first round pick. And that was, you know, maybe as far as that conversation actually went. Um, I think the Knicks are going to make a trade. I think it's going to be a trade with the Lakers. And I think Cam Reddish is going to be in LA and we'll see what the other moving parts are. Um, but I think that's going to be the trade that winds up happening. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they care about the expectations. I really don't. Um, but I will stick with what I've said pretty much the whole season. I would still be surprised if we passed the trade deadline and the Knicks did not make a move that impacted the current rotation, more likely bringing someone in than maybe trading out someone who's a current member of this healthy rotation that we are watching right now. But that's my gut feeling. So we'll see. Thanks, Bill Thrutage. Again, great name. Bernard Richardson. What's going on, Bernard? Imagine the feeling of being opponent on the court, out of breath, and seeing Deuce at the table to check in. Comment of the night so far. Thank you for that, Bernard. I had that thought when he came in the third quarter, right? Because like the Bulls were clearly up against it with whatever was going on with the Knicks were doing. And then there comes that fucking guy. Oh, boy. Can't be fun. McBride was a plus 11 in 14 minutes tonight. I want to go back up. I want to go back and look and see how many points the Bulls scored during those 14 minutes he was in the game. Probably not many. <clears throat> Dan Hidalgo, we're three games over 500. Go New York. Go New York. Go. This is pretty cool. I'm looking at the standings. Knicks are five and a half games back of the Boston Celtics. How do you like them apples? Um, they're half a game back of Philly, who's in fifth. Philly won tonight. It would have been cool if Philly lost and we were in. So Brooklyn almost, So Brooklyn and Philly both won tonight. Brooklyn, I believe, won on a last second shot from Kyrie. Um, thank you, Andrew. Andrew's telling me the Knicks are up to eighth in defense. Eighth. They were 26th 12 days ago. 12. Six games. They went from 26th to 8th. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. 
How do you not laugh at that? Um. Anyway, so yeah, Kyrie game-winning shot, I guess, or last-second shot or something. Philly beat uh, the Stephless Warriors. Um. So both those teams won. Uh, and the Knicks are a half a game behind Philly and a game and a half behind the um the Nets. Um, and Cleveland also won tonight. So they the Knicks are not that we should be worrying about catching any of these teams, but they're two and a half behind the Cavs. On the other end of the spectrum, you got Miami, Indiana, and Atlanta in a three-way tie for seventh at 15 and 15. Atlanta also won tonight. They beat the Hornets. The Miami Heat won last night against the Rockets, and the Pacers lost tonight to the Cavs. Um, Be curious to see if the Pacers start to maybe start to fall out of it. That's the opponent on Sunday. We'll see if we can keep their losing streak going. That would be nice. Um, Losing streak. They've lost one in a row, but largely they've been losing. They're three and seven in in their last 10 games. And then the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto Raptors at 13 and 16, three games under 500. Um, We have not yet faced the Raptors this season, and I would be lying if I said I was not a little bit worried. And I I, we're we're facing them after the Golden State game. And then we face them again in Toronto on January 6th. Um, I'm still worried about that team, the Raptors. I know things are not going well for them right now. They are four and six in their last uh, 10, but they've lost four in a row. They just haven't been really good all year. The Knicks are three games up on them. I would love, I, I just feel like they're going to turn it around at some point, or they're going to make a move to improve themselves. Or who knows? Maybe your jury decides to blow it up. Nothing would shock me. And then now we're, we're four and a half games up on the Bulls who are sitting in 11th. So, I mean, talk about feeling pretty good about the play in at the very least, you know, but this team now, I think the aspirations have to be different, you know? Why shouldn't they be? Thanks, Dan, for making me go on that little standings related diatribe. Appreciate it. Dylan Courier, do you regret saying last year that we should dump Randall? Great question. Um, Do I regret it? I don't really regret anything I say because everything I say, I think through and I have reasons for, and I have evidence for, but you can't know the future. Um, I did not, I did not anticipate seeing this version of Julius Randall ever again on defense. Um, And we're seeing it. And, I thought Brunson would have a positive effect on him. Did not think it would be this positive effect. I was wrong there as well. So that's two things I was wrong on. Um, But mostly, I was just very afraid of the downside risk. And I didn't really have regrets two weeks ago. And Randall was still putting up really nice offensive numbers and the team was scoring a lot of points with him on the floor. And I still had no regrets because I really felt that he was at the heart of a lot of their defensive issues. Two weeks later now. Yeah, I mean, it. it I think I was wrong. I'll say that I was wrong. Um, and it's good that they did not, you know, attach a protected first round pick to dump him or whatever it was, because now. 
they're in a situation where this is a guy that has real value and he's, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I have to say it. He's going to be in the all-star conversation. If he keeps playing like this again, we're 29 games in the Knicks are in sixth place. If they can maintain this position in the standings for another 10 or so games. And for those next 10 or so games, Julius Randle continues putting up the numbers that he is putting up. You're going to have to reckon with the Julius Randle all-star conversation. I, I shouldn't phrase it like that. That'd, that'd be awesome. If he's in the, the all-star conversation, there's no downside to that. Um, I'd be a little upset if he got the all-star nod over Jalen Brunson. I'm not going to lie um, because, and I don't think the Knicks are getting two all-stars, uh, but at this rate, if you put, gave me the over under on 0.5, how many all-stars are the Knicks going to get? I bet the over. And uh, I think there's a decent chance it's Randall. And and that's not crazy. That's not crazy. He's been that good offensively. And the defense is now coming around. So good question, Dylan. I appreciate that. Um, Akash Trivedi. Great team win all around. Quick will bounce back. Uh, bigger question is what happens when Obi returns from his injury? Who loses their spot? I can't believe you... you, 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 you um, well, one elephant in the room. The quickly thing is not an elephant in the room. I'm just like, it is a little worse. Like he's, I don't want to say he's lost his confidence, but like it, it is, it is unnerving to see his approach to the game right now where he's just not playing, at least in terms of taking shots. He's not playing with any level of decisiveness. I still think he is passing well on offense. I think he's, you know, making good reads defensively. He's still off the charts. Like he's still playing really well, but his, his indecision and, and hesitancy with the ball in his hands is just like something is going on. And I don't know if it's that his name has been in trade rumors or whatever, but like it's, a, you know, it's a little worrisome. Um, the Obi thing Look, have the Knicks won game, six games in a row because Obi Toppin's not in the lineup? Well, no, because he was in the, the lineup for the first couple of those games. But they they look good with Sims. I can't believe I'm saying this again. They're playing two fucking centers, and they look good doing it because Sims, the way he moves on the perimeter at his size, that switch he had tonight on Alex Caruso, where he forced Alex Caruso to like Alex Caruso was trying to get around him. Alex Caruso was doing nothing. And Sims was staying close enough to him that Alex Caruso couldn't just back up and take a three over Sims's in Sims's grow because Sims was kind of like right up on him. And then Caruso went to pass the ball and do stole it and, and got the, got the layup in the end one. Um, like, and on the offensive glass with those two bigs in there, it's a big advantage on the defensive glass. It's a big advantage. It's just, it's working right now. Um, listen, when Obi's back, he's going to play if he's still on the team. But like, I, and I say that purposefully. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, w- w- would, I, would I be shocked if they were l- listening to calls now on Obi Toppin? I wouldn't be shocked. I have no knowledge about whether they are. And if you want to tell me like, oh, that would be an atrocious decision by them to be caught up in the moment right now and whatnot. But like they've listened to trade calls on every other fucking player on the roster outside of Jalen Brunson. Why wouldn't they listen to trade calls on Obi, Obi Toppin? I, again, I don't think they should do anything there. I think they should get Obi back, get him healthy, get him involved with what they're doing. He could fit in 
just fine as a backup on this team right now. Um, I, I know they would have a little bit of a drop off on, on defense, but I think they, he's a, he would pick them up in other areas. I think the shot's going to be fine, but like, is it a, is it a little bit of an elephant in the room? It's a small elephant. Is it like a Dumbo sized elephant in the room right now? A little bit. Thanks, Akash. Um, Greg Moran, what's going on, Greg? Appreciate the uh, generous contribution there. Bulls about to burn it all down. Might be the worst situation in the league. I like that. Refreshing to be in a much better place than another team. Um, Jalen Bronson and Grimes for life. I mean, could you imagine we'd be if we were sitting here and we were eleven and seventeen, and we had a a dra- we had all of these veterans and a top four pick, a top four protected pick owed to another team. Can you imagine what these post games would be like? I wouldn't have any hair left either from pulling it out or losing it from stress. I, 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 I don't even know what I would do. Um, so yeah, let's enjoy the, let's enjoy this. Let's look on the bright side. Um, things are good comparatively to not only the Bulls, but a lot of situations in the league. Uh, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Busy. PPS, the Bulls look like they hate each other. Yeah, they're in a terrible place right now. They're in a terrible place right now. They just gave their coach a contract extension before the summer, before the season, which was interesting. And that was reported. The, the circumstances of, of that and like how it was reported were like a little weird. The Levine thing is weird. That he, you know, him and Donovan had the thing or whatever earlier this season, and he's on the first year of a five-year extension, and he's not playing that great. And you know, they got Demar and they got Vooch. Like, it's a it's a bad situation there right now. And for all we know, we may have just like, I don't know, is this the nail in their coffin? Like, they're only a game and a half back of Toronto, and then they're three games back of those teams that are all at fifteen and fifteen. Their game up on Washington, like they can still tank. Are they going to? It's just, man, I don't. I don't envy their situation at all. Thanks, busy. Dom Cappuccini. Hashtag we here. Julius Randall back. It's not as if he had a few temper transoms back then. Um, his defense is far from elite, but the effort does seem more apparent. What's your take, John? Um, my take on Julius Randle's defense is that if you put him in a switch scheme and shout out to, I think it was Prez had the, I think Prez had a preseason thread on this about putting Julius Randle in a switch scheme and how there's no reason that he couldn't, he can't switch, you know, two through five. Um, if he's engaged, like he said, he's a good enough athlete. Um, if you're switching and, and, and here's the other key. If you're switching him and you have enough other defenders on the court where the odds are that the switch is with a involved with a you know a Brunson or excuse me, a Grimes or a Quickly or a McBride, you know, or dare I say, even a Barrett, like if those two can get their shit together, like when the when the other guy involved in the switch is on his on his, you know, crossing his T's and dotting his eyes. It makes a big difference. 
And I think I think I feel really good about his defense right now. I don't if he's going to keep trying, I, you know, it's but again, I we saw him try really hard 2 years ago and then last season he stopped trying. And now he and this season he wasn't trying and now he's trying again. Is it going to sustain? I don't I don't have a crystal ball, but we'll see. Thanks, Dom. Appreciate it as always, man. Uh, Dom, the dentist, this is tantamount to pornography. That is the new best tweet of the night. Yes. Nick's Nick's OnlyFans school. <laughs> Robert Cross. RJ Barrett says hello with 27 points. Kevin Danishevsky, hashtag 53 wins, hashtag we back. All right. Am I going to piss people off by saying what I what I really feel? I did not think RJ Barrett had a good game. I know we finished with 27. I know it was a team high plus 28. Um, I thought he had. I, let me rephrase that. I think he had a great game. 27 points on 20 shots. He missed five free throws. Got to the line 11 times, though. I don't think he had a great game. I think he had a solid game. But I think there were. You know, some of the some of the moments where you're like, OK, don't love that from RJ. Um, I do my stars of the weekend when there's two games during the weekend, not stars of the game. Would would RJ get a star as of right now after that game? Would he be one of the stars of the game? Brunson's getting one of them. Grimes getting one of them. Would he be the third guy? I don't know. He might be. Randall, Randall's close, though. I got to tell you, Randall's close. Randall's defense was that good. Um. And Mitch had a nice game, too, we should say. Four offensive rebounds and really good work on the defensive glass. So, I don't know. It's close between Barrett, Mitch, and Randall for me for the third best player of that game. Andrew's texting me, I owe Julius a star. I do. I do owe Julius a star. It's a bad job by me. Matt Smith, don't mind me running to the ticket window to place my Tibbs Coach of the Year bet. I tell you what he is going to be in the running for and what I would actually be. Uh, I mean, we'll see how they do the rest of the month, but I believe the NBA gives out coach of the month awards and he is certainly in the running for coach of the month. Um, I mean, I'll look it up right now as, a, as I'm, as, as I'm talking to you guys um, where the Knicks are at uh, since December 1st, but like he's really turned this thing around. Um, he's really turned this thing around and he, I think the one thing that I'll say here, here, here's the Knicks in the month of December net rating, second best in the league to Memphis offense in December, 15th offense in the league defense first in the league. They're, uh, about point five points per hundred possessions ahead of the Grizzlies. The next closest team, Cleveland Cavaliers, 6.1 points per hundred possessions behind the Knicks. So the Knicks defensively in the month of December, seven games, that includes the Mavs game, by the way. They are 6.1 points per hundred possessions better than the third place team. I think Rumors of the death of Tom Thibodeau's defensive scheme were greatly exaggerated. Although 
Although the scheme that they're running right now is different than the scheme that they were running for much of the year because of the additional switching, which is in itself because of the lineup changes and the rotation changes. It allows them to do more of that. So it's all good stuff. Um, I don't know how you complain about Tibbs right now. You know, thanks, Matt. Uh, appreciate it. Keith, I'm so happy right now. This is what Knicks basketball is supposed to look like. I mean, if you're, if you are either in your, let's see if I get this right. If you're in your late fifties, early sixties or late sixties, if you're, if you're at least in your late fifties, right. Or let's say probably over 60, how old, how old do you have to be to really, really remember the championship teams? Um. Yeah, you could be in your late fifties, right? And remember those teams. So if you, if you, if you're at least in your late fifties, or if you're like me and you're in your mid to late thirties or older, this is what Knicks basketball is supposed to be. If you're someone who is like thirty, you know, or thirty or younger. This is, you know, this is, this is like new for you, <laughs> you know, uh, this and two years, two years ago was new for you. And now this is like back to that. So yeah, I don't know, but this is, this is what I think of when I think of Knicks basketball last 20 years be damned. Thanks Keith. Um, busy peeps. I still want to trade Julius Randall. That's all. Good night. What can you get for him? What can you get for him? It's the question. It's always going to be the question. It always was the question. The question never changed. Um, good night, busy. Thank you for the contributions as always. Look forward to seeing you on the town hall whenever we uh, we'll do we'll do one of those pretty soon. Uh, Juanan winning six straight with two coming on the road back to back in Chicago. Hot seat to hashtag Tim Sanity. What is going on? Side note: Is that hood glued to Cam's head? Same glue Marber used for his towel. Oh my goodness. It's it's not a matter of if it's just when Cam will find a new home, and uh, I hope he gets playing time there. Um, I'll I'll be rooting for Cam wherever he goes next. I mean that I'll be rooting for Cam wherever he goes next. I think he's got potential. I think he's a legitimate like like a three. I I think he could be a good three and D player in the league with some upside. Um, I, I worry about the inconsistency, you know, like, (laughs) you know, Zach Lowe, um, in this morning's 10 things column made kind of an offhanded comment about Kelly Oubre Jr. And how, like, he doesn't even blink anymore with like, I think what was the stat line he made up like nine for 27, you know, shooting nights from Kelly Oubre Jr. or whatever, like. If I had to bet on it right now, if if Cam ever does get significant minutes for a team and has like a bigger role, I could see him going kind of that route, like the Oubre Jr. path. And Oubre, like Cam, was like a big time recruit, you know, ended up going 15th in the draft or 14th in the draft just outside the lottery, like clearly showed signs, but was like tantalizing for a while. And then for a while, kind of played within himself 
dedicated himself to like the finer points of the game, like became like an actual good defender instead of a theoretically good defender. Like he started hitting his threes and now he's, you know, feeling himself a little bit more on a, on a Hornets team. That's, you know, doesn't, doesn't have the, 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 doesn't have the troops, you know? So he gets to kind of, so is wild oats, so to speak. Like I could see that sort of a career path for cam. Um, but I'll be rooting for him. Thanks, Juanon. Uh, Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.